Hi, this is Charles Nieves, VP of Marketing for Game Day Vodka, and I'm going one-on-one with ADC Partners. Hey, this is Dave Elmy of ADC Partners. In this episode, we're talking to Charles Nieves, the VP of Marketing for Game Day Vodka. Now, if you're not familiar with Game Day Vodka, that might be because you haven't attended a football game this year. Game Day has been everywhere this football season, building their fast-growing brand by connecting with fans at the grassroots level through partnerships and the smart use of intellectual property. We'll talk about what goes into launching a brand into such a competitive category. Ah, but that's not all. Charles is also one of the rarest of breeds in sports marketing. He's someone who successfully made the transition from selling sports partnerships to now sitting on the brand side and making decisions about where to invest in sports. That change in perspective has produced some useful observations about the sales process, many of which he shares here. And as if that wasn't enough, he's even got some tips on how to fully enjoy game day vodka. So you'll want to be sure to listen all the way until the end. Enjoy. Hey, Charles, it's great to have you on the podcast. Thanks so much for taking time out of what I know is a uh, particularly crazy time of year, right in the midst of football season. And uh, you just told me you got back from the beautiful climbs of Minneapolis. Happy to be back in Miami, I bet. Absolutely. Took the coat off, took the sweatshirt off, back in shorts. Yeah, so no more four layers for you back onto the sunny beaches of Miami. So I think we can all probably in the middle of winter be a little envious of you at this particular moment in time. Regardless... Thanks for taking the time. And we're here to talk a little bit about game day spirits, game day vodka. But before we jump right into it in your role as VP marketing there, I I want to take some time and roll back the time machine a bit because you were on the sales side. Correct. uh, You had worked for, was it Penn State University? You'd worked with Georgia. I mean, Miami, some really top-notch, high-flying college sports programs. So I want to do two things here. I want to talk about, first of all, what you learned in those experiences that you've been able to translate into now you're working on the other side of the table. And then we'll get into how you first learned about um, game day spirit. So talk a little bit, if you would, about being on the sales side and how that's informed a little bit of how you're now working on the brand side. Yeah, definitely. I spent some time with ISP, IMG College, Learfield, working at the properties you mentioned. And, you know, what, what I try to be is appreciative of, of just, you know, how tough the job is on that side. And, and, and because of such, try to be as direct as possible. Uh, here's what we want. Here's what we need. Here's what the budget is with me. You'll know pretty quickly whether it's happening or not. Oh. Um, I, I'm, I'm not going to have you sitting in your 80% close. If, if it's not happening, I won't drag this out for months. You know, we'll, we'll have the conversation. We're a very lean team. Um, I, I try to be as respectful as possible um, of, of, of seller's time. Yeah, it's a. I don't think many people necessarily, unless you've sat in that chair, to understand just how challenging that sales role can be. I mean, you're trying to learn all these different industries and be conversant in them and understand the pressures associated with them. So that ability to help shorten that cycle and be really, and most importantly, really clear about what you want is just invaluable to, to that group of people, I'd imagine. Yep, absolutely. I try to give folks five pillars and just say, hey, here's where we live. Um, here's where we want to play. I'm not going to tell you what to do with it. You go figure that out. And, and, and that's, you know, pretty much the, uh, you know, how my fact finds go. 
Okay, well, let's talk about how you came to understand what Game Day Vodka is and Game Day Spirits. Can you talk a little bit about how you became aware of them and how that process unfolded? Yeah, as I was uh, general manager for uh, Hurricane Sports Properties down here in, in Coral Gables, I stumbled across a, a bottle that looked pretty familiar to the colorways of uh, the university in, in orange and green. And, you know, maybe for the first time in my, my career, Dave, I, I treated it with sugar. And, and just gave a, a local sales rep a call and, and just said, tell me about game day. You've got this orange and green bottle that looks like the Miami Hurricanes colors. Obviously, you know, it, it's in every Publix that I've been to. Um, you know, he told me about it, gave me the background and, and told him about, about what I did and, and how I felt like, you know, marks and logos um, in their advertising and, and being able to associate with the university could help take their brand to a next level. Uh, and within an hour, um, this young man had me on the phone with an owner of the company. Um, and later on that day, we were talking to Learfield National Sales about what would end up being the, the first national uh, spirits partnership in the country in the college space. So for clarity, they the product itself did not have a relationship with the University of Miami, but they had recognized the value of the brand there by putting the colors into the into the packaging of the bottle yeah i mean it really goes back to, to how we started uh, our owner zach david a south carolina game grad went to plenty of football games uh, throughout his time in columbia and noticed that every single thing on game day was color-coded except spirits so you know what he did was he took that and started a business about two years ago that essentially uh, started to align the passion of sports the passion of the fan um, and what has become the only spirits brand that is 100% focused on the sports fan. Okay, so this is literally how the differentiator for the product works. It's all about we are the spirit of the sports fans, and hence the whole game day vodka and getting spirit of game day, which I've seen in some of the advertising. Absolutely. I mean, whether you're on the court side or the nosebleeds, uh, for every fan, all 200 plus million that we so often pitched um, when I was on the sales side of, of folks that are just passionate about something. Um, you know, when you walk in somewhere and you see your team colors, no matter where you are, you know what they are. Um, and that's what we wanted to do in spirit stores and in restaurants and bars across the country. Now, this is, I mean, no big surprise, right? I mean, the, the spirit segment is, I, I guess, to understate it a little bit, is, is really crowded. I mean, there is a ton of competition and they spend big on marketing. A lot of them do have other sponsorships with sports teams and things like that as that category is opened up. Can you talk a little bit about being a relatively new brand in that category and, and how you compete with some of the more established players? Definitely. And, and I think the thing is we don't can, we don't try to compete. We, we just try okay. to be as disruptive as possible. As a startup brand, there's no chance that we're going to go out there and, in year one be the number one vodka in the world. So why try to compete there? What we do is we get to the grassroots level and really focus on strategy that's lips to sips as opposed to big, broad branding plays that may not get the conversions that we really need right now to get off the ground. So I got to admit, like one of the things I love about doing these kinds of things, these kinds of conversations with people, I learn something every single time. And I'm now going to have lips to sips. It's probably <laughs> stuck in my mind for the next two weeks. So first I of all, I probably trademark that one. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't already, you should whatever, like maybe we should just pause here in the recording so you can file that kind of paperwork <laughs> because it is absolutely evocative. And I think it's fascinating too, right? Because you're taking this disruptive approach to a very, very established industry. And I'm wondering, have more established players started to take notice of game day? And I mean, have you heard anything from them about 
the strategy that you're taking, whether it's supportive, whether it's you know more competitive or, or anything else like that from some of the people who've been spending those big scads of money in the market? Yeah, I, I can tell you that there's absolutely a renewed interest in the particularly the vodka category in sports. Mm. Um, you know, we, we do have a, a pretty large relationship, um, you know, with Learfield and, and, and through that, um, you know, do have. Uh, an exclusive and first rider refusal. And I can tell you, I've been asked a few times about some properties and that's a good thing. We like the competition. And now at the end of the day, um, you know, if, if, if more uh, people are in the space, then particularly in college, then the opportunities to do more and go deeper will um, be awarded to us as well as universities become more comfortable with the spirit space. I can only imagine that having sold on the university side, it just gives you such an advantage because you will go and know going in what universities are, what their pressure points are, uh, what they're willing to do, where they may lean back a little bit from the table. Has that been an issue for you as you're rolling out the game day spirits and um, you know how the university has been reacting to them? Yeah, I think in, in the infancy of, of the partnerships, um, sure. You know, I, I think um, in any new deal with mm. a, you know, category that is as sensitive as spirits yeah. that, you know, you got to just be careful. And one thing we really tried to do is meet with everyone face to face and tell them about our brand. Okay. Um, reassure them that there was someone on this side that spent a long time on that side of it. And I think with that, it, it allowed us to build the relationship that made, you know, university partners a lot more comfortable with working with our brand. What, you know, football and tailgating are obviously central to what it is you're doing. I mean, it's, uh, you can see like the field goals, even in the brand of the logo, the Y and everything like that. I mean, what are some of the big learnings that you're going to, cause this is your first football season with the brand. Is that correct? Correct. All right. So what are some of the learnings that you're taking away? What are some of the things that you've seen in how people engage with the brand and how people respond to it, how messaging has gone? Are there great learnings you're going to take away from this first season that you think will be valuable going forward? Yeah. I mean, for, for us, it's, you know, being able to get those conversions at the grassroots level. And I, I mentioned lift to sips. It, it is integral to our strategy, you know, big time experiential, you mm -hmm. know, being able to, to get out and, you know, our goal is for someone to, to walk into a building, you know, before a game and, and just say, holy smokes, like what just happened? Well, you you had game day, like you had a great time. You had pregame, you, 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 you tailgated, you saw your friends, you were happy. We're out of COVID, people are back, they're partying. It's beautiful outside. I think what we've learned though, is that they have to taste the product, Okay. right? We, we can put the brand and lights. It could say game day all throughout the building, but game day, while a great name, it, you know, we didn't make the name up. So oftentimes, if we don't actually let folks know that it's a vodka, it can get caught up in the mix of just being game day. Okay, so we really have to have a clear definition of what it is the product is all about. Sure. You know, we've seen uh, situations where, um, you know, suite attendants have been asked to get the game day vodka and have brought in a competitor. So, you know, it's one of those things where. Well, that's yeah, not good. <laughs> not good at all. Right. Because but they <laughs> did do their job. Right. They, they didn't. They just didn't do what they were maybe supposed to do. And that's fine. But I think for us, it it's really getting the consumer to understand what we are, how we taste, why we're better, um, our, our price point. Um, and then obviously tying in all the affinity points of the association with their team or their town or, you know, some point in their life where they were really excited at a game um, allows us to, to just drive a much more resonant message. 
Do you think that we'll ever get to a point where you actually start to see team marks and logos on the bottles that we've be seen Anheuser-Busch have such incredible success with some of the football team logos on their cans and aluminum bottles? Do you think that teams are in a place where they'll start opening their eyes to the opportunities associated with that, or do you think the colors are sufficient? Uh, for us, um, and, and to answer your question, yes. We, in some of our NFL deals, we mm-hmm. do have the ability to go primary packaging. I, I think as a brand-new startup, that has glass in a warehouse it, and that also has colors um, of bottles that may represent multiple teams from a, um, you know, a economic perspective. It doesn't make sense for us. Okay. All right. Yeah. Not at this point in time. All right. Not at this point. Yeah. I mean, you just, you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, you know, when you talk about, uh, you know, creating a, a bottle um, that, you know, has a, a logo on it, um, it would be, uh, you know, very cost ineffective for mm. us at this point. However, yeah. You know, through our partnerships, we'll build up all things around it at that retail space. You'll know that it's associated with your team. Well, I think it's also just such a lesson on how evocative even the subtle parts of sports fandom can be when just the colors themselves bring that connection so clearly into people's minds about the relationship between your product and those teams without even needing the logo. So, you know, maybe yeah. it's just at this point even overkill. Yeah, and I think it gives us a competitive advantage um, when someone walks in a store and, and automatically their eyes drawn to their team colors, um, the emotion that is tied to that. Um, you know, that's where, you know, the, the colors are, are really the predominant feature mm. in what we do, because we know that uh, the majority of fans are really tied more so to that than they are anything else um, throughout the, the game day. So we've established that football is really central to this and the idea of tailgating and team colors and, you know, it's the, the, the why on the bottle looks like a field goal and things like that. So football is clearly the central theme associated with the brand and what you're trying to establish and the fans are trying to connect with. Is there a place for other sports for game day vodka? I mean, is this a tradition that we can reach out to in basketball and baseball? Is that a future direction? I mean, while we have our, our goalpost logo and, and you know, our, our really tent polling, if you will, in mm. football uh, throughout the fall, we, we are a 12 month brand. Um, we, we will roll into March Madness. We will roll into golf. Um, ongoing conversations uh, right now about you know how we build partnerships into other pro sports and other leagues that allow us to go beyond football. OK, so that's definitely on on the radar, I suppose. But, you know, tra- tailgating is is such a football centric kind of thing. It's going to be interesting to see how the receptivity of that is to that. But I guess another point of that is, you know, just because you're at a baseball game doesn't mean you're not a football fan. So the resonance may still be there. Correct. And, you know, the colors are still there, right? So, you know, I think, you know, that's really, you know, chief to it all. And, and what we are is we're experienced. It doesn't have to be a tailgate. I can create experience inside any venue that opens its doors to us. Um, and, and what we can do is do something that hadn't been done before. And when you do that as a brand and you're disruptive, it doesn't have to be on venue. It could be at a restaurant, right? Watch parties, things like that. We just want to be where the fan is. So, you know, fans are, like you mentioned, baseball, but there could also be football. They could be soccer. There's a lot of sports out there. So for us, it's to get all the fans, not just the football fans. Okay. So lead with the football and then uh, collect the other fans as you go. Absolutely. Natural because the goalpost. Um, but, you know, every day is game day, even when it's not football season. I love it. It's really good. So I'm also curious to reflecting back on your history in sales and, and reaching out to brands. What's been the most surprising thing for you or maybe even the most unexpected thing for you about now sitting on the other side of the table? And what's it like working on the brand side that maybe you didn't understand or you didn't 
consider when you were actively selling to them? Yeah, you know, I, I think for, for me, what's been the most unexpected is just the, the amount of outreach I receive um, from sellers. And, and, you know, I respect it because I did it, but I was one reaching out to many and now many reach out to me. So <laughs> you are caught in the eye of the hurricane. I, I, I am. And, I, and, you know, when I first started, I tried to take every single call. Um, I yeah. try to answer every single email. And if, if I'm not responding, it's not because I don't love you. It's not because, you know, I don't want to answer it. It's just because I'm evaluating a lot of other asks yeah, as well. Purely volume. Absolutely. It's just volume. I'll get to it. And, and at the end of the day, I, you know, it's being able for me to filter, you know, what conversations I need to move forward and what conversations I need to, to move on from. And then is that, a, I mean, how's that responsibility on the, on a, on how do you make that clear? to the folks who are selling to you, right? How do they understand how they can stand out to you? If you're getting deluged by proposals and you're trying to evaluate, man, I'm getting 30 of these things a day. I can maybe respond to three. Sure. I mean, reflect back on your time in both sales and now on brand. How do they stand out? What can they do? Yeah, I mean, I think you have to shorten the the sales process and and, and really the the consideration process by, by knowing who you're talking to knowing who the brand is. I mean, there's so much out there, so many resources that you can, you can do a lot of, of the battle before the call. Mm. And, and I think oftentimes when I get on with folks and they're really truly doing a fact find and you can tell that they have no idea about the brand, that's probably the, the thing that turns me off the quickest and what won't get the deal done. Cause there, there's just too much out there for you. To, you should be able to come to me tell me about the brand and and learn more about it and then put something together that may make sense, right? Yeah, people as, disqualify as a, themselves pretty quickly, don't they? Absolutely. I mean, it's just the, the questions you ask could could be the <laughs> your, your, your biggest enemy sometimes if you're not prepared. I think I've done that a couple times. Sometimes <laughs> called my own biggest enemy. <laughs> trying, trying you and me both, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've both been there. I mean, so it's, it's kind of a natural segue into the next question, right? Is which you know, like, so... Having now sat on this side, what advice do you have for people who are actively selling partnerships? I mean, that's, you know, a lot of the folks that we talk to on a day in, day out basis, and these kinds of conversations are so incredibly valuable for them. It's like, what advice beyond, you know, know your stuff and, you know, be prepared when you have, sit down and have that call for you. I wonder what other piece of advice you have for people who are actively engaged in sales. I would just say find prospects that you're passionate about. I always tried to, you know, hang my hat on finding deals that, I could relate to um, whether it was Muriel at Georgia when you know we aligned you know Heart Garden Frontline with UGA. I love dogs mm-hmm. and or programs built out at boys and girls clubs and youth sports um, with Buffalo Wild Wings in football and children basketball all the way to vodka and tailgating. I've done a lot of it over in my career. So at the end of the day, you know it's it's one thing to just go uh, you know pitch everything and call every brand and and you know, operate in a space where you may not be comfortable. I tried to really pinpoint prospects and, and, and partners that I knew a lot about because they were passion points of mine. And mm. one of the pieces of feedback I'd always receive when I pitched is, hey, I can feel your passion. Like, you you, you know, you you care about this. You you know, I, I feel it. Right. And, and once they you know, folks would say that it's OK, well, when's the next conversation? Right. Because they're picking up on that. Like they see like this, as much as we like to talk about data and metrics and things like that, it's, it's clear that passion and emotion and relationships are still an integral part of the entire sales process. And people pick up on that. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd say the other thing is your, your goal is not to close the deal. 
on the first call or the second, I always tried to make it a goal to have another conversation. Like, hey, if you can move me along and we can continue to talk about this, um, then I know I have a shot. And it didn't work all the time. I mean, sometimes folks strung it out and deal didn't get done. But the deals that did get signed were the ones that I consistently engaged and had multiple conversations with. Yeah, I think that's a great piece of advice. Let's switch back to game day for a little bit. Um, you know, you're like I said, you've got the first football season that if your first football season with the brand is coming under your belt. What, what do you see as being some of the most important benchmarks going forward from here? Where's, where's what's going to be next for for game day spirits? Well, you know, we've got to sell a lot of vodka, in a lot of <laughs> cases. Right. I mean, that's that's really the only pretty straightforward. Right really? Now. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. We've got a very direct leader and, and that's what the, the mission is. But at the same time, we'll diversify our products. We've got some things coming out in Q1 and Q2 that will be just as disruptive. Um, that we're really excited about. Excellent. I don't suppose you can give us any hints on that right now. I can break it here. Yeah, you know, can't, not yet. Um, oh, you know, man, I'm so close. <laughs> not yet, but uh, you'll be the first to know, and, and we'll launch it together <laughs> on this uh, one-on-one. <laughs> we'll go right back, one-on-one part two, <laughs> yep, the absolutely. launch of game day, wherever they're going to be headed. I'm assuming it'll be something in the spirits category. I'm keeping my fingers crossed on a couple of ideas. Okay, let's wrap up with the most important question of them all, Charles. Wait, what is your essential game day vodka cocktail and what recipe should we be using to break that down? Well, you know, we like to say we got a damn good vodka um, and it's extremely smooth. So for right, me, so you want to drink it is just straight, just straight nice or, and neat. Or, or, or a little bit, a little bit of water, a little bit of tonic on ice, maybe a splash of lemon. And, and we like to say it tastes like victory. All right. So, <laughs> God, that is good. Okay. <laughs> All right. So just a little bit of water, a little bit of tonic. Uh, but on Sunday mornings, you know, depending on how Saturday went, maybe with a little extra Bloody Mary sauce or something. Well, I, I can tell you, people really love our Bloody Marys. We're official Bloody Mary of the New Orleans Saints with Zing Zang. And I'll tell you, like, I don't drink bloodies, but the people that are connoisseurs say it's the best bloody they've had. All right. Everybody who's listening, you have your marching orders. Zing Zang's Bloody Mary mix with and down in New Orleans combined with game day vodka may be the best Bloody Mary you've ever had. Charles Nieves, thanks so much for spending time with us. Good luck with the remainder of football season, and uh, we will wait with bated breath regarding new launches coming out of Game Day Spirits. Thanks so much for the time. Appreciate your time. Thanks for listening to this ADC Partners podcast. For more information about ADC Partners, please visit our website at adcpartners.com.